Should we let people know what you uh, named this particular Zoom session? <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> no little girl is going to make me podcast. Edgy. Gosh, I hope I hope you've seen this movie. Otherwise, that's... <laughs> I am, perhaps there should be a disclaimer about this movie up front. Um, it's it's it, trashy, but it could be triggering as well. It, uh, it revolves entirely about a rape accusation and, and whether or not it's true. Um, so... If that's not your bag, we understand. You may want to totally skip this understand. one. Yeah. Totally understand. But Also, um, depending on your, your tolerance for Matt Dillon and or Kevin Bacon. Who doesn't have a high tolerance for Matt Dillon? He's the uh, good Dillon brother, right? Who's the... Oh, the, the, the dude from like the Entourage? I completely forgot about him. I think it's just Entourage, <laughs> as, yeah. As the world did. And then you you see Kevin's Bacon in this movie. Spoiler. Oh, full frontal, man. Yeah. It's it sizzling on the grill. Congratulations to Kira Cedric. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, do you feel weird? Do you feel like you're waiting for another shoe to drop? Like, did you feel anxiety going into this past Wednesday? And the fact that it seemingly went off about a hitch, like your body hasn't acclimated to that yet? Not really. No, I, okay. I, once they brought in like 15,000 national guard troops, I figured, uh, no one's going to be very stupid. Um, I don't know. I, I suppose I'd be more worried about just kind of like the kind of like one-off lunatics rather than anything coordinated, you know, how many of them did they have to send home? Cause they screened the national guard people. It was like 12, like 12, white but it was, it, it was 10 of them were like, they, there's it was like there's a problem with their background check not necessarily mm. it, it was like the in the way it was conducted or, or something like that more than anything that like came up within the background check itself i can tell you from firsthand experience the dod will cut corners on those background checks yeah all right cool yeah it's uh we're recording the pod first of the new year i believe right yeah first new headcanon I have no idea how we did these. I don't. I don't know how these go. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Been about a month. Lots changed in the world. Mm-hmm. Things are marginally better now. <laughs> There's a new person who owes us two thousand dollars. Did you? By the way, did you get any from the like the six hundred dollars? <laughs> <laughs> or in general, I have not received my six hundred dollars yet. Did you get have the you? original twelve hundred? Eventually, yes. Okay. Um, so I got something from the IRS for like a hundred bucks. It's like 108 bucks. <laughs> I guess that's like, you know, just because of my income level or whatnot, there's okay. like, you can have a hundred. So income whatever. Rate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know if I would get any of the additional 1400, but did you get I it? I want a vaccine. Uh, that's what I want. Yeah. Seriously. Did you get it? like deposited or did you get like the card it, it was deposited because uh I, I do direct deposit for my taxes when i pay them so i was like so do i but saw i saw something on my bank statement it's like oh it's it's not even enough to trigger an alert on my bank statement cool wow yeah so do i but i still got the notification that they're gonna like mail me the card and i'm like the fuck am i gonna do with that like well, yeah my drug dealer doesn't take gift cards Maybe they do. All right. Well, do we have anything else to discuss? Not we at all. Ease on into this new year, new president. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start the pod. Okay.
Hello, and welcome to Head Cannon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. Hello. What's new? Um, should we talk about our contest? Oh, yeah, we should do that first. All right. So right up front, remember to talk about the contest. Uh, you still have, I guess, a week left on this. Um, we did a contest before for our new book, Trollballs Finds Me, where if you bought the book and took a picture of it, you could be entered into a contest to be on the pod. Uh, that is over. That is done. It's done. So forget about that. New contest. If you leave a review of Trouble Alls Finds Me, or I suppose my name is Trouble, uh, you can be uh, entered into another drawing. We're going to have some more guests on the pod. We'll, I think we'll do a couple, um, either guessing on this pod, Headcanon, or on uh, our PLL podcast. Uh, if you pick the PLL one, you can pick an episode to do a commentary track with us on. If you pick Headcanon, you can pick a movie or I don't know, I guess if you wanted, you could pick like a couple episodes of a TV show and we could talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, to enter, leave a review on Amazon or Goodreads, or Apple Books or Kobu or Barnes Noble or wherever, uh, mm-hmm. leave a review of Troubles Finds Me and then like screenshot it and send it to us, like DM us, tweet at us or email, email. us, uh, at gmail. Just let us know that you've done it. Sometimes we get reviews, and it, that might just be some random person on the internet who doesn't know anything about a contest. So let us know that you've left us a review, and you'll be entered in. Um, your odds are pretty good. I think we have like maybe around a dozen right now. So mm-hmm. if uh, you want a chance to be on the pod, this is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. You can double dip, and we've we it seems like we're always cracking it open a little wider. So you've done so again with the first book. I mean, why not? Right? You want to leave review the first book? Well, like if you if you have not read the first book for some reason and you're like, fuck, I'd like to enter this contest, but I haven't mm-hmm. even read the first one, yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is open till the end of the month-ish. So get in for February. We will do the drawing in February and probably actually do the podcast themselves in March. So, you know, be prepared. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to discuss where we can dive right in? Uh, so do you have a new roommate? I guess I can talk about that. Yes, I do have a uh, an animal that is cohabitating with me. Her name is Trixie. You keeping uh, it? I the, guess the I don't know. Uh, Peanut wants me to change it to Trudy. Trudy. Yeah. So, uh, like Mad Men thing, you know. I can I can scream Hell's Bells, Trudy, when she pees on the floor. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Trixie seems good enough. I guess. Hmm. I don't know what else I would name it. But uh, yeah, she's a little black cat, and she seems. Like she meows a lot right now. She's not hungry. She doesn't need to know where her litter box is. I think she's just kind of like, what's going on? Does she live up to your concerns or exceed them? Um, what were your concerns again about this cat? Are you, were you afraid this cat was going to be a what? I, I just didn't want her to be a loser. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But so far, so good. Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> New kitty. It's weird having uh, anyone else in my house. Like just... Like hearing a noise in my house that isn't caused by me, I'm always like, what the fuck? Because mm. uh, I live alone and have done for quite a long time. Okay. But uh, I'm sure we'll get used to each other. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. How, long has he, how long have you had Trixie? Uh, yeah, since yesterday morning, so about a day and a half. Oh. Okay. Right on. And she's somewhere around here right now. I'm not sure where. She's, <laughs> she'll wander off and I won't hear from her for an hour and then I'll just hear like a lot of meowing. It's like, is something wrong? No. Doesn't appear to be. You're just going to find little spots of piss mm-hmm. throughout your place. Oh, you got hardwood floors. You're okay. I have hardwood floors in one room, but 
Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, get another mic in there. Put the cat on the mic. I mean, you you may hear her at some point during this podcast. She can get loud. We'll see. Ooh, ooh, nice. All right. Well, uh, should mention we're changing up our format of the podcast a little bit, at least in terms of how we go through our movies. But uh, we'll still be doing our what are we watching type conversations. So let's get to that at the start. What are you watching, Marco? Uh, let's see. What am I watching since we last talked? The abbreviated version, I finally finished You're the Worst, which is a show that I was putting off the ending of for some reason. Um, I started watching, almost on a whim, the Apple TV show Servant, which is so dumb and campy and, and gothic, and, and I kind of love it. Um, and then a few weeks ago, I finally watched Promising Young Woman, which people were raving about, and rightfully so. Uh, yeah, that's about it. You? You haven't watched WandaVision? Oh, I watched WandaVision. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching WandaVision as well. It's enjoyable. Um, I'm curious as to how long they're going to stick with the current format or if, like, I, I don't know. Do spoilers even matter? Who knows? Um, presumably, if people care, they've watched the show. But, like, is it eventually going to turn into a Marvel movie or not? I guess is what I'm curious about, you know, because right now it's kind of like this, like, kind of pastiche of sitcoms through the years, which is. I find it interesting, and I think they do a very good job of the pastiche. Um, I'm just wondering how long it's going to stay that way. Well, the question is recognizably how much further can you go? Because, I mean, we've done 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, there's Brady 80s. Bunch era. I mean, there's, um, you know, like, I don't know, Cosby Show era, I guess. There's, like... Is she going to be hanging up Mr. There's Cooper Full in House. The there's Friends. There's Seinfeld. I mean, you know, there, there's The Office. Like, there's... There's still plenty of sitcom eras that they could do if they wanted. Yeah, but I mean, especially as far as like the suburban-centered sitcoms. But wouldn't, I I mean, couldn't you also show that as like the evolution of a sitcom? So it'd be like less about a family. Although, I mean, if given the the subject matter of the show, that probably isn't their interest. You know, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't think so. I don't think you're going to get episode where it's just Vision and his coworkers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, at some point you've got to really get back to Monica and Darcy and Sword. So mm-hmm. and and the multiverse apparently. Maybe okay. Mephisto. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Mephisto. Maybe um, the return of Quicksilver. Though no one wants that. Well, I mean, they've mentioned him already. Don't they have to kind of bring him up at some point? I mean, what I'm is good. Aaron Taylor Johnson doing? I'm good of him just being mentioned. <laughs> he's, uh, he's involved in temporal pincer movements. He's fine. Yeah. What else have I been watching? Uh, the Expanse, still very good. I think there's only two episodes left now for the season. Um, there, was a, there was a moment in the last episode of The Expanse that I'd never seen before in television or film. I don't know. Perhaps you have. It was uh, Amos and Peaches were like traveling through like a post tsunami wasteland and, you know, they have to watch each other's backs and whatnot. And so it's like they stop for a pee break and they're kind of like back to back a few feet away from each other, both pissing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, full streams and everything. That was something to see on my TV. But you saw dicks? You saw streams. Okay. From, from, I feel like we've, from we've Amos seen and Peaches. Before. Yeah. I think we've seen streams before, but the I, I I don't have a screen cap of it, but uh, I don't think why not? <laughs> yeah, I know why not. I don't think we've seen that before. Let me put it that way. That could be your desktop background. 
Uh, what else have I rewatched? I rewatched The Terminator recently just because there was a podcast about it that I was listening to. So I was like, I should watch that. Same with Birds of Prey, which was okay. I don't know. I You, you saw that, right? I think that was the last movie I saw in theaters. I think mine might have been Fantasy Island. Um, <laughs> but Birds of Prey, I don't know. It's the the editing style, I felt, like where it's kind of like jumping back constantly. It made it feel longer than its running time. Mm. It was kind of my takeaway from that. And Christmas Cena, I just, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I've watched maybe eight episodes of The Wilds, like seven or eight. They just got rescued at the end of the episode I watched. I got to say, I'm not totally feeling the show, mm. but it's something I can watch on the exercise. Okay. That's it. That's that's your only comment. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I know it's kind of PLL meets loss, but I feel like it's not as good as loss and it's not as good as PLL, I guess. I, I, I just don't really don't like many of the characters. Mm. Mm. I mean, it definitely skews younger. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Who's your, who's your character? I mean, none of them really. That's the thing. I, I find them all just kind of annoying. And it, okay. it, it feels very much like we wanted to like basically do like a lot of like therapy sessions, but and we've like crafted a TV show around it. It's kind of like, I don't know, the, the whole psychological experiment aspect of it seems kind of absurd to me. Okay. Like at one point, the 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 lady who like sucks the charisma out of every scene she's in, um, I can't remember her name. Is it Gloria or something? Which which one? The the know. one like leading the experiment. Oh yeah, she's a different show altogether. Well, and she's like giving this like kind of like Steve Jobs esque like like practice oh, yeah. performance, yeah, and it, yeah. it's seemingly her big plan is that like we're going to take these girls, these teenage girls, and have them like live and survive on an island for like three weeks, and this will prove that only women should uh, be running society. And it's like, I agree with you that uh, women should be running for running society, but uh, this isn't really a great way of proving that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what are you listening to? Uh, I mean, all over the place. I listened to a lot of uh, a band called the Wombats the other day just because mm. I needed. Are they like a novelty Star Wars band or? <clears throat> no, they are not. Okay. They're like, a, I don't know, like a British rock band from. I don't know, at least a few albums old. Um, yeah, I just was in a, in a certain kind of upbeat mood. Um, and then other than that, I don't know, just all over the place. You? <laughs> How's Evermore? <laughs> Evermore still good. Uh, so I, I just, I, I wanted a, a new vibe for writing book three of Trouble. So I just downloaded uh, Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion. That's, uh, okay. that's the vibe that you're going to be getting for at least the first few chapters of Trouble book three. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. What are you reading? Uh, so for a while, to start January, I was reading a lot of Patricia Highsmith. Um, but then in the last few weeks, I started reading, or I almost finished. I read One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus, and then I'm almost done with the, this follow-up, One of Us is Next. Because um, I wanted, I don't know, I wanted to touch in with teen mystery books is, again. Is the, the third part of that trilogy going to be called and one of us is dead i don't know so one of us is lying is not great but it's 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 okay it's good um one of us is next i haven't done any research but i'm almost positive there had been no intention to do a follow-up book Mm, right right (laughs) and then like i feel like one of us is lying was successful because it's very weird where it's like 
it's very much like like yeah, we joke about like PLL the next generation where I don't know like picture picture like uh, like if Mike was a girl instead and like Mike became the star of PLL the next generation and it was like Mike like a little like Willow Holland and the OC season four yeah kind of but like also the original characters are still kind of hovering around in this almost like legend status <laughs> like people keep talking about like well obviously their incredible relationship and it's like you wouldn't get fucking care about their relationship yeah yeah also i really hate when i don't know the the meta comment becomes the text like whenever characters refer to their relationship as endgame oof yeah oof yeah that's true uh, so anyways it's just funny to, to, to have a book that i so enjoyed and then the follow-up which i am it's a chore to finish far out what am i reading um and so there's that that High Republic book, like the launch book, Light of the Jedi, that I've been trying to make my way through. Um, I'm maybe like 40% through it. I got to be honest, I'm not really feeling it at all. I don't, this it, this book got a ton of praise. I'm not really sure why. Like, I don't know. Like, I've read a lot of Star Wars books and this isn't, this doesn't even approach the mean, in my opinion. It's like, it's really bland. It's just super boring. Um, and there's like way too many characters. They're like, the, the whole first third of the book is like kind of like one long extended kind of action sequence of like there's like kind of this disaster or there's all these things coming out of hyperspace that are about to like hit this planet. And so it's like there's a bunch of different Jedi it's cutting to all over the planet, like trying to like, you know, stop this catastrophe. And so you're just getting these like little vignettes from like, you know, six or seven different character groupings at once. Mm-hmm. And it's not really enough to get a vibe for any of them other than that. They're just real bland Jedi. Like the, mm. the Jedi in this, I, I hate them all. They, they're just so boring, but I don't know. I'm, I'm in part two now where they seem to be focusing a little bit more on like just kind of two main groups of Jedi. And so he's actually are getting a little bit of a feel for the character. So it's, it's picking up a little, but I don't know, unless this has like an amazing end, I'm not really sure what all the, uh, the hype is about. Okay. It just seems like the Lucasfilm wants to write the Jedi as just like, just like the lamest Christian camp counselors ever, and I'm just not into that vibe. Mm. Uh, I'm also reading a book called Vita Nostra, which um, mm. uh, did you recommend that to me? I think I actually bought it for you. Okay, well, I, I got it somehow. So mm-hmm. somebody recommended or gave it to me. It's um, it's interesting so far. It's it's. <laughs> It's it's unfair to call it the Russian Harry Potter, but um, if one could imagine such a thing, mm-hmm. I guess that's the closest parallel so far. All right, so are you enjoying it? Did you read it? I have not actually. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very weird. I I I enjoy I think reading books that are translated from other languages, like like the, all the Witcher books are like from Poland. You know, this is like a Russian book. It's, it, it just, I don't know. There's like a different vibe of the the kind of culture behind the writing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it just, everything's a little weird and different from what you'd get in a typical American novel. As long as it's not like too contemporary where I need to know like the social mores or I, whatever. I'm not even sure when it takes place. It might be in the 80s. I have no idea. But it's also in Russia. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I assume it takes place like post-Soviet bloc, but that's about it. I just remember being very intrigued, you know, in the reviews, the the bit about spitting up coins. Yeah, there's there's coins that uh, one character keeps throwing up whenever she like does something. 
uh, on command. I don't know. It's it's. I couldn't even begin to describe it. It's very strange. It's hmm. at, at a certain point, your main character Sasha goes to a school that might be a magic school, but it's like hmm. they don't even tell them why they're there. You know, hmm. like it's it's very strange. I'm into it. Yeah. Well, I will be into it. It's been on sitting on my shelf for years, so at some mm-hmm. point I'll be into it. <laughs> okay. Also, a lot of public urination in that. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, so are we? Is this a, this sort of a theme? Oh, well, I don't think there's any public urination in Wild Things. Oh, bummer. I mean, given Bacon just after he gets out of the uh, spoiler mm-hmm. out of the shower and just starts like pissing into the toilet in front of Matt <laughs> And then Matt Dillon's just like, oh, hey, don't put the seat down yet. And he just comes over and they sword fight over the toilet. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a better movie. <laughs> that just reminds me. One of my friends in college wanted to do a like a concept album called Boston Pea Party, where it was just <laughs> the, the cover art of the album would be a picture of a toilet uh-huh. or like a urinal. And there'd be like a, a, a Yankees hat in the urinal. And they're just you just see four different streams coming in to piss on the hat. Excellent. Mm hmm. Excellent. It doesn't even need songs to go with no. it. <laughs> it's really just an art installation. I mean, you're still buying a, a CD, but there's nothing on it. <laughs> All right. Shall we talk about wild things? I think we should. So just let everyone know, we, we're changing up our format a little bit. We're not doing top moments or power rankings. We're going to instead do kind of just a general discussion where we kind of hit chronologically seven key scenes throughout the movie that we wanted to point out. Although, because I'm me, I have eight. I'm sorry. Of course you do. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we... Do you, do you only have seven? I do have seven. I, I try to be disciplined. Uh, mm-hmm. We're also going to do, at the end, we're going to still do our make one change. We're also going to pick out the best slash worst piece of IMDb trivia. And then we have uh, some unique ways to rank the movie at the end. Just to, to where we see it holding up. And I have some random notes for, for not those scenes, but I don't need to necessarily get to those. Anyway, so... I guess I'll start our opening statement. Um, not every movie needs to be high art. <laughs> In fact, I feel like this movie is like if you took that stupid expression, take it sleazy and did a 90s noir based around it. Uh, this movie is the best dramatization of a true crime story that's fictional. Um, it's, one of the tra- it's about one of the trashiest places on earth, Florida, or it's <laughs> basically Florida the movie. Uh, also, this movie isn't just horny. It's in heat. I mean, this trash is warm and delicious. Uh, you know, spoiler for our trivia. I love that one point they're filming in the Everglades and they come across an actual dead body, which they just moved out of sight, out of frame to keep filming. And got the shot, yeah. <laughs> um, Plot-wise, though, I really enjoyed the the mystery plotting. Like, it's like a fun, slutty spider spinning a web around you and it feels good as you're being eaten into this world. Um, this this movie could absolutely easily be extended and turned into a really trashy and fun eight episode TV show on some streaming service. But I kind of love that it's not that it's just a movie like that. Some stories don't need to be expanded and filled. Um, also, I think this is a movie that you and I have a certain extreme love for and found ourselves quoting every once in a while a lot still all these years later, um, though I haven't probably seen it now in 10 years. Also, I watched the unrated edition and there's a detail that I don't think i ever knew oh yeah okay yeah yeah mm. so which makes it even trashier <laughs> i wonder if it's the the same one i have i guess we'll, we'll see when we get there okay. um i watched the the version that was on i think it's on amazon prime which just so probably the regular version i'd imagine hmm. 
Uh, was that the end of your statement? That's the end of it. All right. Well, um, I'd like to start with a quote from Roger Ebert's review of this movie that I'll always remember. Roger Ebert writes, Hearing her daughter has been raped by him, mom is enraged and snarls. That SOB must be insane to think he can do this to me. That's the kind of dialogue that elevates ordinary trash into the kind that glows in the dark. Which uh, I remember reading that review and thinking, I've got to see this movie. Um, I'm not exaggerating when I say that this movie had a huge influence on me as a writer. I remember seeing this in the theater and just being completely floored by the twists and turns. Uh, What really stood out to me, and it kind of reminds me a lot of Scream, is that I could tell that the filmmakers knew what I would be thinking as a viewer, and they were playing with that on purpose. Like, I really love it when it feels like a movie is like pushing back at the viewer. Um, They set up Sam Lombardo as like kind of this poor sap whose life is being ruined by a false accusation. And yet you just, you know, there's another shoe ready to drop. And then the shoes just keep on dropping until they're just delirious. Uh, I love the plotting and the story of this movie so much. Like even as a teenage boy watching it, the threesome and the nudity were the least interesting parts to me. I'm not even kidding. That was just like a little cherry on top. Uh, I mean, just the, the way it all unfolds, the way it fills in the missing pieces in the the credit sequence. I was completely amazed by like, I remember like like that, like inspired like the script that we were writing at the time. And like, a, you know, we worked that in uh, to the script, the little horror script we were working on. And I mean, Kevin Bacon goes full frontal. What are you gonna do? Legendary. All right. That's a, that's a great ending to that opening statement. It is. You got a, you, six degrees of Kevin Bacon's cock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read the trivia for that where apparently they were that wasn't the intent and it was just like the the towel he's tossed didn't cover him up or something for part of it and like the director's just like calling Kevin Bacon and Kevin Bacon's like well how do I look and he's like you're good man and so he's like all right leave it in yeah because he's a producer but he also (laughs) had a no nudity clause because apparently there's a lot of no nudity clauses in this actors Mm -hmm. contracts yeah I I love that he's just that that implies that he was just like hanging brain you know, behind the scenes for parts of that, that scene. For the whole scene, really. Yeah. Yeah. So like Matt Dillon saw a lot of Kevin Bacon that day. <laughs> They're not even doing like the little, the little sock business. You know? No, no. Kevin Bacon's like, I don't do Which is that. Like, I don't totally buy that story. I'm like, yeah. oh, come on. You weren't supposed to be full frontal naked and just oops, it happened. I, yeah. I mean, I feel like people would love to, like male actors would love to tell you a story, but just how cool they are. Just like letting their dick hang out. Like there's a, a surely apocryphal story about James Dean where, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's, the, who's, the, who's the crazy guy from Apocalypse Now? Um, not Francis not Corporal, not Martin Sheen. Easy Rider uh, guy. Yeah, I know. It's uh, um, um, Marlon yep. Brando. Nope. Nope. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, he's, Jack he's, Nicholson. He's the guy who's also in Blue Velvet. I, fuck. I don't know, man. He's, I don't know, anyway, so... He's uh, he's got great stories about Robert Wagner too that I can make fun of later. But anyway, so like there's a great story where they're filming Giant and he's like like telling like James Dean I can't believe how fucking cool you are. How are you this cool? And James Dean just like sighs because he's tired of hearing this and he just gets up. Mind you, they're filming outside. There's a bunch of like you know fans roped off watching this. Mm-hmm. And James Dean just like walks over and you know hitting our theme here, pulls his dick out and just starts peeing because he has to go. Rock Hudson, no um, Dennis Hopper. Zips, Dennis Hopper zips okay. up, goes and sits back down. And then James Dean says, I like to think that coolness is pissing in front of like 90 people and not caring or whatever. So and I guess that's like kind of an early version of big dick energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a better origin than its actual origin, <laughs> isn't it? 
Yeah, like, can true. we just can we just wipe that figure out of the origins of BDE? If for, if for some reason BDE is going to last, anyway. Um, also, I wanted to say that I, I have I have lived vicariously through your story of seeing this movie the first time. Oh yeah, because you weren't there. Yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't there. Yeah, but I I I, I imagine at the time I could not wait to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. So you watch it with your dad. No, no, no. You're mixing stories up. That was uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, oh. No, I, I went to see this at Birdcage. Uh, Birdcage oh. was like the local cheap theater where like the, you know, like two weeks or two months after the movie comes out, it'd be mm-hmm. at the cheap theater. You can yeah. see it for like a dollar. No, Starship Troopers was the one I watched. I was watching at home, I think. And my dad was there and it's just awkward during the shower scene. Yeah. Which, which is the one where your dad gets up and says, I know where this is going. So that he that he he said that about wild things, but I okay. we did not watch it together. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I thought I thought yeah, he like, got up and walked out <laughs> halfway through the movie because he's like, I know where this is going. No, he told me he stopped watching the movie at a certain point because he's like, oh, I know where this is all going. It's like I'll, I'll bet you don't, <laughs> <laughs> Dad. You need to go back and watch the second half of Wild Things. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Yeah, I I like the opening vibes of this movie. It has like something that you got from like '90s erotic thrillers for sure. This movie is like the greatest erotic thriller ever made. Like the greatest Cinemax movie in existence. It's the greatest movie version of one. I mean, mm-hmm. like there's something visceral still about Color of Night. <laughs> that is so offensive. I don't know why John McNaughton, the director, wasn't bigger. Because I find the filmmaking in this movie pretty impressive. Yeah, um, Like it's, it's very assured. Uh, it starts off with this like super porny soundtrack. I love the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. Uh, all these shots of the Everglades there as we kind of we move from the glades like to the suburbs to downtown Miami to the yeah, like rich part, you know, the school and everything. Like I love the way the way it kind of passes through all those locations because well, it is ultimately it's a class movie, you know. Yeah, it's very interesting because it's it's the scores by this guy named George S. Clinton. Um, they use songs from this band I used to like called Morphine in it. And the score easily just merges in with those songs. Like the weird, like not quite right bass mm-hmm. that sometimes like twangs all over this thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, this movie, the, the score especially and the way this movie starts, it lets you know this movie is going to fuck and it's going to fuck in a very quirky and playful way. <laughs> Yeah, I love the we get the title card title card over uh the I don't know if this is an alligator or a crocodile, one of the two raising up from the swamp in the Everglades and just as wild things about it. It's like, what a great title card. Mm-hmm. Um I don't have a ton about it, but like yeah, when we get to the school, like the the movie really wants you to know how badly the student body wants to fuck Matt <laughs> Dillon. I remember like, before this movie came out, I remember reading the Entertainment Weekly, like it was like the spring um, spring movie preview, whatever issue, uh-huh. and they're talking about this movie because it like it had like these weird production things where like they found a body, you know, while filming and shit like that. <laughs> and like I, a huge Scream fan at that point, I think Scream Two, One and Two had both come out then. This is like early '98, I think, is when this movie comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, I, I've got to go see Nev Campbell in this other movie. Plus, had Denise Richards from uh, Starship Troopers. And of course, Kevin Bacon and uh, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Dillon, and, and who we haven't even mentioned yet, just kind of pinch hitting and hitting nothing but home runs. Bill Murray, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
just shows up and is incredible for 20 minutes and then exits the movie. Well, like I was like, how did they get Bill Murray into this? Because he's he's the he's in his full on phase where it's like he has a, a voicemail number that he doesn't give the number out. He doesn't have an agent. This was and then before I he, Rushmore, I think, right? Probably in that neighborhood. Right, like but, a uh, little bit before, yeah. But John McNaughton also directed Mad Dog and Glory, so I imagine mm-hmm. he actually knew Bill Murray. But yeah, so the other thing from that opening scene is just. The guy who like sits down next to Denise Richards and starts like touch the bow on her shirt. She <laughs> cinematically, cinematically, no one says fuck off as good as she does. It's incredible. Because I think she says it at least once, maybe twice more in the movie. Like it's kind of her catchphrase. Yeah, yeah. She says it at least once more that I can think of. Because Robert Wagner's like, princess here. And she's just like, fuck off. <laughs> Uh, and then I mean, just, we can't talk about his opening it just to just to get it out of the way. The fact that Mount Dylan, Mount Dylan gets up in this like senior seminar and just writes sex and huge letters on the blackboard. There's something about the way he writes it left handed too, which is always fascinated me. There's a lot of lefties. There's a lot of southpaws in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he writes crimes afterwards. <laughs> well, all the class is like goes from cheering to booing, you know. Yeah, and then you get Jimmy the King of the school. What is a sex crime? Not getting any. <laughs> well, then Nev is just like, fuck all this. Fuck this guy. Like, she this just wants to make sure. can kiss my ass. <laughs> she wants to make sure you know that she's in this movie. And that she, there, there's immediately something weird between her and Duquette, uh, Kevin Bacon's character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Nev, but she's like, I don't know. I hate to say it. Or she's she's like a live wire. She's the least element of this movie for me, though. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, hate, I hate to say wow. it. Wow. We're not doing power rankings anymore, but I I'd probably have her fairly high myself. Uh I shocking myself, I would have Denise Richards probably number one. Oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Wow. My number it'd be number one, Denise Richards, number two, Matt Doan, number three, it'd be Teresa Russell. I can't believe Bill Murray is not your number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I keep forgetting Bill Murray. I you keep know, forgetting there, Bill Murray. Th- there's another podcast to rewatchables where they talk about uh, heat check performances. Uh-huh. Like uh, in in their parlance, Bill Murray shows up in the middle of this movie and is like draining threes from half court for like fifteen minutes straight, and then he just takes off. Yeah, he's he's in definitely one of my eight moments. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's like so many little details of this movie. I just I just want to I just want to talk about like the scene where where Denise Richards comes to ask for the ride, and like Jimbo is like rock hard as like she's asking about like washing Mister Lombardo's dirty car. So right home. that that brings us to one of my seven key scenes. And there's just the, this is how I feel like the movie is telling you what it is because um, you've, the you've had the, what the, is the, what is the, the sex crime scene? Um, there there's Matt Dillon and Jimmy here, like kind of cleaning up after sailing class. And it's like kind of zooming in more and more on the cheerleaders doing their like Buccaneers or number one. And don't you forget a thing like mm-hmm. all the way until we're just looking like right at Denise Richards there as she's seemingly looking right at uh, Matt Dillon. And then it just cuts to this incredibly phallic hose shot where he's <laughs> holding the hose at crotch level, like spraying down a boat. And it's like, okay, I know what they're doing. A lot of streams in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of streams. Um, yeah, at one point, though, when when the school guidance counselor who also teaches this boat class is giving these two students a ride home. And, and you kind of feel this whole thing where like the 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 buxom student is like, you know, clearly flirting with him and he's just like you jimmy you're coming along too mm-hmm. yeah that's how it has to be yeah because he, he can tell i mean they're they very much want you in the mindset 
of Sam Lombardo, which is an incredible name, by the way. More on him later. Uh, But they Mm -hmm. want you in the mindset of Matt Dillon's character, Sam Lombardo, and kind of being like, ooh, this is a jailbaity situation. He needs to cover himself by making sure Jimmy comes with him. Because they they want you to be sympathetic to him at first. Mm -hmm. But, But just imagine, though, this ride home, you turn on the radio. The first song that comes on is Semi-Charmed Life. <laughs> By the time you get to someone's house, it's Smash Mouth. That's where we're living in this movie. Oh, uh, that was, you know what? That was my senior year. That was a great time to be alive is what that was. Yeah. Um, and then we're trying not to re- recap everything, but when they get to Denise Richards' like mansion and Teresa Russell, who I've loved from like 70s Nicholas Rogue movies, <laughs> just casually steps out of the balcony in her bikini <laughs> Well, I think I don't know if that's bikini as much as lingerie there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we um, before we even get there, though, we we get a second little brief uh, intro to Nev Campbell's uh, Susie Toller here, who's mm-hmm. like trying to start up her VW Bug, and you just get the immediate hatred between whore, her and um, Denise Richards. Where'd you get those shoes, whores for less? <laughs> nice to see you two kids are getting along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which there's layers there. There's so many layers there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you you quickly get the energy that like not only is Teresa Russell's character, the mom of Denise Richards, like hitting on Matt Dillon, but they've clearly fucked before. Oh, yeah. Um, she has a line later, you know, I haven't found anyone who can handle my boat the way you can. Yeah. But there's some great symmetry, though, when the mom on the balcony goes back into her bedroom at the same time Denise Richards goes in the front door. I love that. Yes. Well, just like little stuff like that. It's like these kind of creative little film moments. Or this isn't just like you hired a director who does some 90210 episodes to make this trashy teen, you know, sex movie. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's some real talent behind the camera here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this guy did uh, Henry Portrait of the Zero Killer, which I think is fairly acclaimed. Um, and it, it's just we're we're bringing a game to, you know, really trashy material, which I love. That's just which, right in my wheelhouse. This is also a period where I was like watching every commentary I could get my hands on back mm-hmm. then. But like, I want to say I remember tuning out of the commentary because it was just a lot of like, there's a lot of technical. Oh, yeah. yeah. We filmed it here. <laughs> well, there's a lot of like, like the way they filmed the night scenes, they'd have these like big inflatable lights that they would like blow up mm-hmm. and just kind of have like floating in the air, like 30 yards above the scene, which I have to say, I really love the way night shots look in this movie. Like it is a pretty cool look. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's that look where it's like, you, obviously there's light, you know, because we can see everything. It's not like pitch black dark or anything, but like, but it's not day for night. I, I will take this over what we get in a lot of prestige, like TV shows now, where it's just like, it's so dark that you can't see anything. And it's like, I'm sure this looks great on your monitor, but it doesn't look really good on my TV trying to watch it. The only really good day for night that I've seen is there are some shots in knives out, which are clearly like digitally nighttimed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Sam Lombardo's the kind of guy that to unwind, he just goes to the Everglades for one of those big propeller boat Yeah, I don't things. know what those are called, yeah. The they, don't, they don't interest me. But, boats, yeah. Yeah, but but good on you. Um, yeah, so then, you know, Denise Richards shows up and there's, I mean, she just imbues teen horniness. Well, she had the line earlier, can I play to you or is it just for boys? Yeah. Well, she shows up for this this the whole like car, like senior car wash thing, and then she's like, "So where's your hose, Mister Lombardo?" <laughs> the hose is by the Jeep, Janet Kelly. <laughs> As he's like escorting his like girlfriend, I mean, he gets so much fucking puss in this movie. Barbara Baxter, yeah, yeah, pricey Barbara, piece I mean, of trim. So we hear. 
Barbara Baxter, you guys. Barbara Baxter. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, Barbara Baxter has a line. Kelly Van Ryan is going to wash your Jeep. <laughs> Such great names. Kelly Van Ryan. Yeah. And he's just we like, hear, oh, for charity. Yeah. So, of course, you know, you, you, you feel like you've, you've heard about these stories. Like there's, uh, um, oh shit, what's her name? There's like a, I forget the actual person's name, but you get kind of this like Long Island Lolita vibe or so we've been told. Oh, Amy Fisher. So we, Amy Fisher, like we remember from the news and that's never actually the actual story mm-hmm. where she like sends her, her cohort away and she's going to go try to seduce Sam Labardo. So you get soaking wet, Denise Richards, you know, sort of like, like white you're, shorts and shirt. You're skipping over the completely like soft core uh, car wash scene that happens here. True. True. We don't like. We don't need to rush through this just because we're doing our seven scenes here. We can we can settle in. Okay. <laughs> it's I, I like the detail. It's it's like her and this other girl that she came to watch the uh, jeep with. But there's like these two kids who look like they're maybe twelve or thirteen, like playing mm-hmm. basketball, like next house over. Yeah, mm-hmm. those kids are having some experiences right now for the first time. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> And again, I mean, it's, it's hilarious just because Denise Richards is 28. I want to say that I read that Teresa Russell is like 13 years older. Yeah, Neff Campbell, I think they're like 25 and 27 in this movie. They're both playing high school kids. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's always weird, even when it's an adult playing a teenager and there's nudity. Like, <laughs> it, it still feels weird. I mean, could they uh, make this movie now? I'm not entirely sure. You could absolutely make this as a TV show. And I, and I think that's how they would do it. Like, Netflix would... would die to have this as a tv show or whatever um but you do the thing where she shows up you know soaking wet to like proposition him and then we just cut to later so it's kind of like leaving this blank space where you think oh here's the here's like the he said she said version of what this movie is supposed to be or so you think Mm -hmm. as we see her running out later with like a torn shirt and she seems a little distraught oh so that that's my uh my second key scene here was Mm -hmm. after after the shot of like the, there's like the water on the ground, he realizes somebody's inside and it like pans up or like dripping wet body, like, and you know, and he just kind of gestures bottle. with the the ticket that he has to like, it, it's like this very noticeable fade out and then fade back in. And mm-hmm. suddenly she's, she's walking out of the house. She's kind of dis- disheveled, like her shirt is ripped and she has this kind of like upset look on her face. And she just kind of, walks or you know down to the street and like jogs down the street and it's kind of like ooh, what just happened there we don't know and that's kind of the the trick of the whole movie is that they they cut out in certain areas and then we'll fill it in later yeah um it reminds me a lot of my memory's like failing me this there's a movie with uh chris reeve and michael kane called death match um it's like from the 80s where the script is very similar in the sense that like every five minutes there's some kind of twist that's still very in line with the DNA of the story, but like, like my God, you're just you're just hooked. You're, this movie just fucking moves. This hour and fifty minutes that I watched this the other night just like flew by. But yeah, we cut to Teresa Russell, Denise Richards' mom, in this just getting her just guts rearranged by her boy toy cheeks. There, man, I, I'm pretty sure you can see ball sack you in some of these. Oh, shots. you see sack. Yeah, you, she is just <laughs> jumping up and down on this guy's sack. This is her boat boy. <laughs> Um, well, this is where she has the line. She's she the the phone keeps ringing, and so she has to stop do, nailing this dude. And it's like a it's the, an automated message from the school saying that her daughter is uh, you know absent. And so she mm-hmm. puts a minimum amount of clothes on and goes out on the balcony to call Sam Lombardo, her guidance counselor, uh, Kelly's, because uh, mm-hmm. it's Kelly's mom. And she's talking to Sam on the phone, and she goes, "I haven't found anyone who can handle my boat the way you can." Like right as she's looking at the pool boy, and it's just like, "Man, fuck you, pool boy." <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. He gets this Who's, look on his face like, Wah. yeah, he'll stick around for it though. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if like, if like, uh, like if Ben Gazzara has said that, uh, I don't know, Jimmy, yeah. in, uh, Roadhouse. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the whole school administration is horny for sailboats. Lombardo has a boat. The principal has a boat. Teresa Russell has a boat. Not only do they have boats, like their entire office space or home space is decorated with boat shit. <laughs> And we, it's a very wet movie. We've learned that Sam Lombardo, he supposedly paid his way through college working on a sailboat. And and that like he's like a, I don't know, like a a, a more uh, refined taste in his boats. He doesn't want a yacht. That's a stink pot, Jimmy, he says. You know, you got to get yourself one of those nice sailboats. Like that's a yeah. real boat, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the mom the mom says, face it, Sam. You're a good lay. Enjoy it while it lasts. Do you really think Barbara Baxter is going to marry you? Yeah. So top moment number eight or, or whatever, key moment number eight uh, is after <laughs> she's made this phone call, the mom goes to Denise Richards and they're having a heart to heart and Denise Richards cries. She says, I miss dad. And the mom says, I miss him too, sometimes. And Denise Richards is like, no, you don't. And then she said, the mom says, he didn't have to kill himself, Kelly. He didn't have to kill himself, Kelly. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, right before that, there's a, a moment I really want to point out. It's she... She's calling Sam to figure out where Kelly is. And then she like hears like uh, Kelly like shooting outside. She's like shooting like skeet or something. Um, And so she goes out there and Kelly turns around and like fully aiming the rifle at her mom. There's just something about the way she does that. That just it feels like just dangerous and threatening enough to kind of like just tickle your senses a little bit. And guns will come up with Kelly later. Mm -hmm. But like. I always love Teresa Russell. What I love about this, though, too, is that she and Bill Murray absolutely get the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like they're almost like pillars of tone. <laughs> Whereas I feel like at the end, Nev Campbell is definitely tonally aligned with this movie, but like some of her scenes, I don't know, she's almost too squirmy and weird and stands out. I mean, I, I guess I would just say that's intentional. Yeah, probably. Um, I like the part where the pool guys like dive into the pool. And uh, Kelly Van Ryan says, which one of your deckhands is that? And the mom says, whichever one I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so of the first of many times, the mom tries to comfort her daughter with, do you want a Valium? <laughs> and then, So many Valiums are offered. Yeah. And then Kelly Van Ryan reveals that she was raped. And the mom says, by who? And she says, Sam Lombardo. And she's just like, what? Like, it's almost like she's more outraged that it was Sam Lombardo than the fact that her daughter was raped. As if it's a personal affront to yeah, her, yeah. to which I think it's got to be, come on, key, key moment number seven, when Teresa Russell goes to Kevin Bacon. Oh, is that is that your moment there? Yeah. When she slams her fist on this table and says, my daughter does not get raped in Blue Bay. <laughs> Such I don't a know why succinct been, expression of privilege, yeah. We've been quoting that for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get Robert Wagner as like her lawyer who's, again... I feel like in the nineties, Robert Wagner played this same character a bunch of times because this is basically number two from Austin Powers, just in Florida, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because he's also a guy who probably had a hand in the death of Natalie Wood. <laughs> <laughs> so we get, we, we are introduced again to Ray Duquette and uh, I think her name is Gloria Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, is the other so. cop. Uh, these so. are like the, I don't know, the um, special victims unit of, Miami police or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or Bl- Blue Perez, Bay. Blue sorry. Bay is the town. Um, like yeah, the Gloria suburb. Perez. Bl- Gloria Perez. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like 
you could 100% watch a show about Blue Bay, I feel like. Oh, um, totally. And just there's you know, the little details that she's describing this, this, you know, recounting this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the kicker of it is, is that we find out is that Mr. Lombardo didn't, since we're getting graphic, didn't finish inside of her because he told her, no little girl's ever going to make me come. Which is a pretty horrible thing to say, but and very memorable because it's going to come up later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the way they do this, where it starts off with her being filmed doing a deposition, then we kind of come out to the cops watching the de- deposition later. It's a pretty cool little transition there. Yeah, with the DA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie takes an interesting stance where it's the female detective who suspects that Denise Richards is lying. Yeah. And she's like, maybe, you know, there's no physical evidence because it didn't happen. You want my gut? I think she's lying. Mm-hmm. And the DA is just like, it's Sandra Van Ryan. Like, this guy's dirty. Give me a case. <laughs> yeah. Um, that guy who I think was probably like in that show scandal. I mean, I feel like he also gets the tone of this, but, uh, mm-hmm. so the next time we see Matt, uh, Matt Dillon, he's in his office. Somebody's throwing this is like an a incredible paper. office for a school. Oh, it just seems like a laid back study. Like he's got like a giant, like sailboat model in the back, yeah. various trophies. I mean, this looks like, like Bruce Campbell would be like pitching you on old spice from this office. Yeah, everyone is horny for for boats in this mm-hmm. movie. But someone throws a paper airplane through his office, and on it is an elaborate drawing of Sam Lombardo getting fellatio. Yeah, from a girl with pigtails. What is the um the caption? Oh, it's just a sex crimes, Mr. Lombardo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, we find out about this allegation, or he's found out, and he's just like, you know, maybe you can tell me which lawyer in South Florida is going to want to go up against the Van, Van Ryan's in court. LOL. Enter Bill Murray. Well, yeah, it's a great line because it's like the principal, I guess, comes talk to him and he's like talk to me man he's like kelly van ryan's accusing you of rape and he's like yeah i heard i'm innocent man and then he, the line that i like is uh, the principal's like oh you just have to get clear of this and matt dillon says fact is you never get clear of something like this it stays with mm-hmm. you follows you around forever and it, the movie's really playing up this like man it sucks to be him but like i just feel like it, it also knows that you the viewer is waiting like there's clearly something else going on here that we don't know yet you know there's there's more to this story well, because he seems so sleazy too. He seems sleazy, but I think they're they're leaving open the possibility that like maybe he is totally getting screwed here. Well, like I always talk about, like think about like uh, the thing that worked about Sean Connery as James Bond was that Sean Connery was this like classless Scottish mm-hmm. bloke who we later find out is like, kind of a monster of a human being, but the director was the super erudite, fancy gentleman who basically forced him to go to gentleman's school. Mm. And it was the dichotomy of like forcing this brute into the tuxedo mm-hmm. and like, like seeing how those two, those two polar opposites like kind of combated each other. Like I think about Matt Dillon in this movie and I think about him in something about Mary. <laughs> it's a great double feature. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get, we get Bill Murray in this movie. Who's like office isn't like a strip mall. <laughs> It's a strip mall, like in what appears to be the poor side of town. There's like a uh, a lawn office. I think there's like a pawn store right next to the law office there. Coin the laundry. Oh, you can hear the cat. Yeah, that cat is loud. Oh, say wow, hi cool. to Trixie. Yeah. What, what up, Trixie? Um. Yeah. So so we see. <laughs> I love the the setup too, where it's like there's a little divider between him and his secretary, mm-hmm. and sometimes she just stands up to give him messages. Mm. When he's, the fact that he appears by popping up from behind the divider and he has a neck brace on. Yeah, yeah. Which, and you can tell that Matt Dillon's kind of like weirded out by the neck brace the whole time. 
And he's like, did something happen? And he's just like, no, there's an insurance guy here earlier. And he like takes it off. And like, mm-hmm. that's how Matt Dillon knows like, oh, this is the lawyer for me. He's a scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that's, that's my, my number six. Mm-hmm. It's just him taking off the neck brace. Uh, also, I also love yeah. the moment where uh, he says uh, a student is accusing me of rape. Matt, Matt Dillon does. And Bill Murray's first response is male or female. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Barbara Baxter is the daughter of the Robert Wagner character. So you get this great, like Robert Wagner, like later spearheads, Matt Dillon being kicked out of the club. You're finished here, Lombardo. Take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> they won't park uh, his Jeep at the club anymore. And it's over yeah. with Barbara. Yeah. So he goes to like this sleazy bar called Smiling Jack's Fish Camp, which mm-hmm. We know he's been there before. He seems to be a known face at this place. And there's a great moment where he's like leaving at one point. He just like recognizes the motel. Yeah. Yeah. And the bartender says, welcome back. And so it's kind of like, oh, he's been here before. Yeah. And the the way he, he kind of like stops and looks at a a motel in the distance before he goes back to get in his car. It's like, okay, they're, they're kind of laying some subtle breadcrumbs here. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, trust you to notice that. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's very understated. It's not like kind of hitting you over the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it helps with the short run time and how mm-hmm. fast it moves. But like, so he's eventually he's like run off the road by like uh Sandra Van Ryan's like boat boy. Um, Driving her which, Range Rover. Yeah. I like the way yeah. he comes down and it's like it just the, the way that the, uh, the headlights frame him, like getting out of his car in the swamp here and he's kind of like bleeding and the pool boy's like, Hey man, you all right? Matt Dillon's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, that's too bad. He like punches him. <laughs> so the next day, this is my number five moment, when uh, Bill Murray comes by uh, uh, Matt Dillon's place to check on him or give him some news. Yes. And like, there's no answer at the door. So he has to go around the side. And suddenly Matt Dillon just pops out with a harpoon gun, sees this Bill Murray, and is just like, sorry, man. Things have been kind of weird around here lately. <laughs> We've probably said that line to each other a thousand times. I don't even know. Easily, um, easily, yeah. Very, very quotable line. Sorry, man. Things are getting kind of weird around here. Oh god. Um, yeah, and then just you have to have a conversation inside, and like Matt Dillon, like he, I don't know, like he's sleazy, but he nails this kind of blank slate when his lawyer asks that they're going to find any dirt on him, and he's just like, "Listen, Ken." I don't fuck my students. Don't fuck my students, Ken. Well, and, and Ken is just like the line I got on, you know, Kelly Van Ryan. He's like, he, he, uh, clearly she's got some some skeletons in her closet. And he's like, Cocaine. meanwhile, you were voted educator of the year or some crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, because like also speaking of like comedies, like Fairly Brothers comedies, mm-hmm. like Bill Murray has still got like a little bit of the aura of his character from Kingpin in this role yeah yeah and he's still got the neck brace on but he's in like this kind of like white havana suit situation with like the white fedora yeah oh especially later when they've won the case Mm -hmm. (laughs) he does the upgrade (laughs) glow up (laughs) but yeah so so kevin bacon goes to visit nev at the trailer park where she lives so 90s with with gloria yeah with gloria she's reading death on the installment plan by louis ferdinand celine and listening to not an addict by case choice fuck yes. yes this is my uh third key scene of the movie I love this okay. scene. It's 36 minutes into the movie. We have barely seen Neff Campbell at all. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we get our first real intro to her here with Kay's Choice playing. And it's is like the other piece that we needed, at least at this point, to move the plot along. The line, the dialogue is so fascinating because she's like, Jesus, took you guys long enough. What if someone's trying to strangle me or fuck me in the ass even? It's, it's almost like, as wow. though she's already heard of uh, 
of what happened to Kelly. That that seems to be the implication, well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to get the details from her as they like walk along the, the, the swamp and she's going to reveal that she was also raped as well. She says by Sam Lombardo. And then we find out that he had a catchphrase catchphrase. He said, no little bitch can ever make me come. And they're just like, Ooh, got him. Yeah. He's, he's got a real calling card with his uh, horrible scumbaggery there. So he'll end up in a, in a jail cell with a euphemism I've never heard before. You're the new chicken licker. <laughs> What she spends, we find out like later, like three months in that cell. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because because later they're like, why was he spending like three months in jail when he could have revealed some of these details then? Right, right. Well, I mean, they really move through the whole trial with oh, amazing yeah, yeah. like economy for a movie. Like you, you get nothing but the what you need, and you know, like there's not a whole lot of fat there at all. Like I really like how it moves so quickly through that, but it doesn't feel rushed at the same time. Yeah, it's just essentials. But I, mm-hmm. there's detailed the trial that I love. I don't know why, but the judge has shown up and Bill Murray feels the need to like explain things to Matt Dillon in a way he would understand. So when they all, all rise, yeah. he's just like, you stand up. And then when they say, please <laughs> be seated, he's like, yeah, it's like, why do you need to tell me this? I also love like there's this really cool wide shot of the mural in the courthouse, like above yeah. where the judge is sitting like and it slowly pulls out to show the whole courtroom it's just it's a really neat little flourish that i feel like you wouldn't be getting if this was just like a stupid sex movie well and the fact that like there is that little bit of like tone and environment setting up in this movie fascinates me like Mm -hmm. like like any other movie like that's the first thing they cut yeah Um, yeah. they're like whoa you want to spend time getting that shot yeah so it's a small moment but like I don't know if you want to dive through some of the trial stuff before we get to my number four moment. I mean, my number four really is just Bill Murray in the courtroom. Okay. Um, just his antics are incredible. He's, he just takes over this movie for about 15 minutes and it's really magical. It's just like, oops, Susie, did you enjoy being a guest of the state? <laughs> yeah. Basically he breaks down Susie's, whole story um and how she she's clearly lying and, and not just that she's lying but like here's the motive for her lying and wanting to hurt sam lombardo it seemed to me like mr lombardo was a friend yeah he was uh so after that's fallen apart you know this is all scam that kelly orchestrated i love that robert this is my number four moment robert wagner gets up with his ritual <laughs> guy swagger and is like your honor may i be heard and the judge is like no <laughs> you are not addressing this courtroom go sit down yeah if i may <laughs> he's just so, used to being like the rich guy who gets whatever he wants yeah, and like the circles yeah. that he swims in yeah um, so, so, really classic moment by denise richards here when uh when nev campbell reveals that uh, kelly's jealous because sam was doing her mom and denise richards goes you skanky bitch and she like throws a glass of water at kelly <laughs> or not at uh, nev it's amazing yeah. uh so the case falls apart and you're like this is 50 minutes in. What is this movie? <laughs> we so have we like a this... whole hour of the movie left to go. Yeah. There's this great sequence where like Teresa Russell, Robert Wagner, and Denise Richards are like watching the news in their limo as Bill Murray drives past, like honking his horn in his shitty little <laughs> car and like flipping them off. Like he's like basically driving like a Yugo. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get another great affect from Denise Richards of saying, fuck off. Your daughter just perjured herself. Yeah, so Robert Wagner and Bill Murray have lunch together. Does that the unrated scene? Um, I think so, probably, yeah. 
Where he just keeps pouring hot sauce onto Robert Wagner's food. Yeah, yeah, that's not in the regular cut. And then the, just, the thing between them and the regular cut is the whole like see you at the club thing after they uh they they sign the settlement there. Okay. He's my client wants your client to saddle up so we can ride their ass all the way to the bank. <laughs> Yeah, so he he shows up late in his new sports car in his suit. So they, as Bill Murray has explained to Matt Dillon, we have an airtight motherfucking lawsuit on our hands now. Like we're gonna sue yeah. them and get a ton of money. Um, and so uh, yeah, the the scene where Bill Murray shows up, he's got like this power tie on now, <laughs> the like a beret. It's great, and the, he does the handshake where you kind of you're not. It's like the reverse handshake kind of where like it's like that like Schwarzenegger one and like um uh Predator, you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. The the the, the brush shake, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh we find out that uh they're having to pay a lot of money here to uh make this all go away. But I I love just the see at the club from Tom Baxter here because he has this little smirk as though like we know the circles that we run in now, Bill Murray, like this doesn't really mean anything to us. You know, like, like Tom Baxter still getting paid for this. Like it's, it's not well, his money. Oh, I, I took it more of like, you might have money now, but you're not, you're not one of us still. See, that's, that wasn't how I read it at all. I, I read it. It's more like Tom Baxter is like impressed with him hmm. because hmm. it's not his money. Yeah, I also I don't think that Bill Murray cares that Tom Baxter doesn't think that he's mm-hmm. you know like he doesn't care that he's nouveau riche like um, he he's got the money that's all he needs yeah um, yeah so the papers are signed Bill Murray just starts like rubbing them all over his armpits and crotch <laughs> I like the pool boys just like hey I'll see you around huh <laughs> well Matt Dillon's just like yeah mm-hmm. you will or mm-hmm. whatever like it's it's not like tough at all like he's just like yeah I guess you will or whatever. Um, so last day of school for Matt Dillon because he's he's quitting because he'll never get free of this. Um, we get a sense of what's really going on is he's attacked by these Richards that she has a trust that she can't touch until her mom is dead. So the mom broke it to pay the settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matt Dillon gets to his like shitty Bayou motel room. Uh, we find that there's some like f- like wet footsteps leading to the bathroom. And can I just say I great- love the the look of this motel. It's got this like neon green trim around the. Uh- the ease of the whole motel it's it's just so sleazy it's not too highlighted but it's definitely there i kind of love how how dare i say subtle the lighting is in the setup of the motel room but there's this great like bernard herman slash hitchcock score for a moment as we reveal that it's denise richards in the bathroom there well the the way she, you have the the open window the the muddy footprints panning up to like the mirror kind of like there's like a mirror dual mirror situation where like mm-hmm. he's seen a reflection in the bathroom of Denise Richards, just like standing there holding something under a towel. And it's like, Oh fuck. And she's like, it's your turn to pay. And then she pulls off that towel. And we see that's a bottle of champagne. Oh, cause they were in on it the whole time. We screwed the bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then Neff Campbell pops out of who knows where the fuck popping the champagne as she does it. Yeah. Uh, Matt Jones like, you think this is over? It's a long fucking way from over after tonight. The three of us can't be seen together again. This is my number three moment. Yes. This is my Denise number Richards five. Is like, <laughs> Denise Richards like, after tonight <laughs> how could we not so, include this in the moments i i love the way um after nev campbell pops the champagne and it's kind of like spilling all over the place that that matt dylan kind of grabs it and like covers it up uh mm-hmm. you know like i don't know just something about the the physicality of that that is always stuck with me well speaking of physicality i, I don't know what take your pick but this scene is either hot but not sexy or it's sexy but not hot like it's it's very got a very like porno physicality for sure well and there's this like just simmering jealousy between 
Denise Richards and Nev Campbell here. Like when when uh, Matt Dillon starts kissing Kelly Van Ryan here, it like cuts to Susie and she just has this like kind of like vulnerable, disgusted look on her face. Like she hates this, that he's kissing her. And then when uh, uh, Sam Lombardo finally turns his attention back to Susie here, cut to Kelly and she just looks like she wants to murder Susie. You know, like, well, and, it is a real two's company, three's a crowd situation. And not just what happens here, but like you're vindicated. If you thought that Sam Lombardo was a sleazeback, cause there's the way he, he is. Yeah. Well, he, the way he pulls her panties down and then the movie, make sure you know that he puts them in his pocket. Well, and he like, also says guidance counselors get to, you know, do the most interesting things or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just a lot of like, he's just all over Denise Richards, like breasts. Um, is never another classic line. Now I want you to two to kiss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is all my number five here. Um, it's oh, so incredibly I, trashy, and yet there's uh, there's real plot happening here too. Yeah, there's real plot happening here, and, and just, I'm like not you just said, saying I, that it's like a euphemism or a joke. No, it's like you can literally already see. Oh, this is not going to work. You know, like these two hate each other. Oh yeah, it's it's one half like uh, like psychological intrigue. One half like boy, 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 boy. yeah. Um, also, Neff Campbell pours champagne all over Denise Richards' tits. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a real experience there. It sure is. Um, which I feel like I've only ever seen before in what Leaving Las Vegas. You know, I never saw that movie because it didn't look fun. No, <laughs> um, I don't have the exact number here, but I think um, um, Neff Campbell has a line like, "Well, how much is like? I think it's like eight and a half million divided three ways, or something like that." Yeah, um, yeah. So that's about how much money that they're working with, which I like that it's not huge. It's not like couldn't necessarily retire on that, you know, or I don't know, not like live like a, a king or anything, especially not three kill, ways. I would kill somebody for $10,000. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. So later, like Kevin Bacon's figured it all out. Like he knew that Matt Dillon was in debt. He wanted to marry money when it didn't happen. He started working on these two girls to get that big Van Ryan payday. Um. And it's also, it's all very like that's pretty good uh, deductions. We'll learn later how he's able to deduce that. You know, yeah, yeah, and that's that's part of it. Um, I feel like it's timely to point out that uh, apparently the straw that broke the camel's back in Denise Richards' marriage to Charlie Sheen uh, was not just because he was crazy, but specifically because he was a hardcore anti-vaxer. Really? Yeah. So. He apparently called their doctor's office and said that um, if his wife tries to bring their children in to get like basic vaccines, he wants her arrested. And that's when she that. realized. Yeah. Well, that's, she's like, that's when I realized maybe this marriage wasn't going to mm-hmm. work out. Uh, there's a so, real like classic kind of femme fatale shot here where um, after we see the Duquette's been spying on Sam Lombardo and then it, like Kelly Van Ryan's like swimming at this public pool, which I don't believe she would go to, but sure. I don't know. Is it a school? Is it at school? Maybe is that what this is? No, it's the club, and she's got a pool. Is it a club? Because I, yeah, I don't. I don't think you could have a translucent swimsuit at your school. Um, yeah, and and it's like her getting up and toweling off and everything with like the saxophone playing as he kind of walks up in the background with his. Mm-hmm. He's got like his aviators on, his badge is showing. He's in the full suit. Like I just like the the dichotomy between the two of them. I was like, and he's he's got some great lines here. Well, he's Kevin Bacon's really like putting pressure on the thruple angle mm-hmm. of the scheme and like playing on the the jealousy. So then he goes to pressure Susie, reminding her of her friend Davy, who he basically killed previously in police action. Um, and he, he has the classic line two's company, three's a crowd. If mm-hmm. I were you, I'd want a clear head so I can keep a real close eye on my new friends. 
Yeah, because she's getting high. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so uh, she's calling like Sam Lombardo, goes to Denise Richards. Kevin Bacon's like watching them. Well, he's he's clearly trying to shake them down. First, he goes to Kelly, and it's like, you really think that like that freak Susie is gonna like you know be able to hold it together? And then he goes to Susie, and he's like, you really think they're not gonna like you know kill you to you know I, I know how this is gonna go. Like you're the loose end. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then he just watches like it's like, all right, well, what are they going to do now that they're shaking them down? And not just watches. He films them. Yeah. Yeah. For evidence sake, he's uh, filming a little tete-a-tete between Kelly Van Ryan and Susie Toller here as they uh, take a phone call from Sam Lombardo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam is just like eating takeout in his hotel. I like how he has uh, this excuse. He's like, so I'm people expect me to be rich now. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just throwing money around. Also, LOL the size of Denise Richards portable phone. Yes. Well, it's a cordless phone. This is before it's, the era of cell it's phones, like a, really. Yeah. It looks like it's like a cordless waterproof phone. Yeah, yeah. Well. It looks waterproof. It's got a giant antenna. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but we get we get the classic line from these movies. The only person who the only people who can fuck this up is us. <laughs> I mean my roommate Dan used to say that to each other all the time. Yeah. So the the all Almost on my list, though, is the cat fight between Denise Richards and Nev Campbell. I mean, it's so trashy how they're like slapping each other around and like trying to strangle each other in the pool. And then they start making out. I feel like there's five seasons of PLL in this 45 seconds mm-hmm. right here. I mean, at one point, she's just yelling, you stupid cunt. And then like drowning her. And mm-hmm. like there's some finger sucking. And then they're just going at it. Yeah. And Kevin uh, Bacon, he has this really hilarious look because he's been filming this whole thing thinking like, oh, this is all good shit. It's incriminating. And then like, oh, fuck, I'm shooting a porno. <laughs> a teenage lesbian porno. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which he then goes to show. He goes, he goes to, to show, show the, the DA, DA and the DA is just like, what the fuck? Like reaching for the remote, like <laughs> can't get there fast enough. You were on the Van Ryan property shooting a porno. <laughs> so Kevin Bacon's unhinged now. His superiors are telling him to drop it. Um, I love this one point where he's like going out of like where their office is, like the other part of the police station, whips open the door. where We find out that Matt Dillon's been like waiting in like the waiting room. And he's just like, question him. You're going to find a stone cold manipulative psychopath. And then there's a bit that I had to wonder if it was improv. Because as Matt Dillon walks away, he's off camera. He's like, cocksucker. Kevin Bacon's like, yeah, what was that? You heard me, motherfucker. You want to say that to my face? Yeah, that whole exchange is hilarious. You heard me, motherfucker. But the fact that there's no coverage on, on Matt Dillon makes yeah. you think it's all improv. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's very much the, the DA is just like, you got to let this go, Duquette. Like, stop poking around. I hear you like talking to this guy again, you know, blah, blah, your badge and your shield, all that. Well, and, and he's like setting up this thing of his partner, Kevin Bacon is where there's like this emotional component where he's like talking about, like he senses something bad's coming, you know, and what do you do when you sense it coming? You don't do anything to stop it. Cause I did that one time before and I don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And you think it's referring to Davey. It may be, it might be, but I think it's probably more referring to the, the, the sex worker. Well, anyway. how, how so? I mean, that's Davies involved in that. True. Well, somewhere in there. It's, it's a miasma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Denise Richards leaves and have Campbell in the middle of nowhere where Matt Dillon's like waiting. And this is like specifically you're talking about. This is like a night shot where everything's illuminated. You can see what's going on, I, but it's clearly dark. I love it when night scenes are shot this way. Like, I don't care if it's not realistic. I can see everything, but it's also clearly night. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Everything yeah. has that nice sheen. Like I feel like the late '90s, they really nailed this look, and I wish they'd get back to it. 
To me, it's it's movie realistic in the sense that like when you're out at night, your eyes acclimate, but it's mm-hmm. clearly different. Yeah. Um, oh, and like they're they're both drunk and uh possibly stoned as well, and they're kind of stumbling around. It's like this old kind of like, you know, the place the kids go to hang out, the beach type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, Matt Dillon appears there. He's decided they're gonna have one more night together. And then as Denise Richards goes to get something from the car, you know, prearranged, he seemingly kills Susie with a champagne bottle. Although the way this all goes down where it's like Denise Richards is going to like go like get like something from the car. And uh, Susie Toller here just kind of she like sits down and kind of just like half passes out on the sand of the beach. And she's like Mm -hmm. staring at the stars and they're kind of like they're almost kind of like like twirling like there's like an effect on them you know it's like clearly she's drunk you know and then like slowly like blurry like sam like looms over her and like leans down and then he's like oh hey go get some blankets kelly like i'm just gonna talk to Susie over here and then it, it like we follow kelly to go get the blankets and then we just hear a scream and we get these like shots this is my number six by the way we get these mm-hmm. shots of uh just like a hand like swinging a bloody champagne bottle and then we see like a spurt of blood and we see teeth flying through the air like it's all very artistically done mm. um so then like later kelly and, and sam are like loading Susie's body in plastic and like putting her into Teresa russell's car we see a quick shot of her face um a la mona missing, in the back of the car yes missing the teeth <laughs> yeah also there, there's a line I, I miss i wanted to hit um when they're all like taking huge swigs of uh, like the whiskey bottle or whatever that uh, Susie has. And Sam says, this is a celebration, Susie, not a suicide pact. Yeah. So, um, you know, they get in the car. Matt Dillon's going to drive. And he turns to Kelly, who looks a little shell-shocked. And he's like, you okay? And she's like, my mom would kill me if she knew I took the rover. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, like so- cut to him burying Susie's body out in the swamp. Um, he yeah. kind of just like walks back from the swamp with a shovel and it's like, that's the end of Susie. Um, I also love, there's something about the, uh, the outfit he has for this, which to me is like a perfect, like dangerous killer outfit. It's just kind of like this, like tight, dark gray t-shirt, uh, mm-hmm. tucked into black jeans. It's very menacing mm-hmm. in a way. I want to talk about this scene in the Everglades later, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but so let me cut to, to Kevin Bacon and this scene I don't think I totally got how brilliant this scene was until this watch, but he's like at the, the gate of the Van Ryan estate watching Denise Richards wash her car. Oh, this is an extended scene. Oh, is it yeah. not in your cut? No. Oh, so he's like, he's teasing her about washing the car. She gets upset. She comes over, she sprays him with the hose and mm-hmm. then she basically like storms off. And I didn't get it to now, but uh, I guess I never really saw it then before. It was that he's basically got her angry enough to stop washing the interior of the car. Hmm. Okay. Because, yada 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 there's there's like dna evidence in there okay i mean does that that never comes up in the, the normal it's mentioned, cut. oh it's mentioned later that they find some of um um Susie's blood in the car okay okay and that, maybe that's extended as well mm-hmm. anyway so at the trailer park walter who's like the the son of the woman who runs the trailer park who we think is Susie's grandmother is like trying on dentures that he found somewhere it would be like Susie's uncle i guess well, he's not actually her uncle, though. Well, okay, well, I mean, but as far as we can tell, he's he's yeah, like yeah, her yeah, uncle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but just this dentures detail, some uh, real good color for the report. Mm. <laughs> um, and we can definitely see that um, there's between Ruby, who's uh, the grandmother here, and uh, and Kevin Bacon, like they clearly know each other. Yeah, and and there's there's not any love lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so then Jimbo takes the um, takes Kevin Bacon out to the crime scene uh, for Susie's apparent death, Kevin Bacon, and they find the blood splatter and they find the teeth. What do you think he did? Did he just ask Jimmy like, "Hey, where did the kids hang out?" Uh, something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Jimmy would be the kid who, essentially, in another sense, Matt Dillon's been grooming. Kind of. It, it is like I kind of like this moment here because you can, you can tell this kid really thinks that like Matt Dillon was a good guy and he's probably like. Like, man, he was falsely accused. Like, you know, I, I'm I'm on his side. And he, he mentions like, oh, yeah, Mr. Lombardo said he like paid his way through college on boats or something like that. And like, that's why he's like helping me in sailing class. And he's like, let me tell you something about Sam Lombardo. He had an athletic scholarship at the University of Miami. Boats didn't have shit to do with it. And the kids yeah. just kind of has this look like, oh, you know, like kind of like, wow, that was uh, that was a real gut punch uh, for a young kid to learn that uh, one of his heroes made Hoppy a hero. His hero, who's also just uh, been on trial for yeah. for raping two of his, um, and and then yeah. finding the teeth is even more like he kind of he like kind of unconsciously like runs a hand over his mouth and he's just like, hey, why don't you get out of here? And he makes him ride the bus home, which kind of sucks in my opinion. Also, I get that like every school has their hierarchy of who the popular kids is, and I don't doubt that Jimmy's probably like one of the kings of the senior class here. But this kid looks stupid. No, so I don't. I, I sense that this guy is like kind of like a, a loser, like class clown type. I don't think. You think so? Yeah, yeah. He's he's the guy who like he says funny things at the assembly and then like gets detention. But like he's not like friends with the cool kids or anything. You think the king is the guy who goes and tries to touch her bow? Yeah, at the yeah. start of the movie. Okay. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Bacon fittingly says, hey, Jimmy, people aren't always what they appear to be. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. So um, at the crime scene, we get a glimpse of the DA. I love this movie. It's just like, we don't have time for a police captain or whatever. Mm-hmm. We just had the DA and he has a big ass 90s cell phone. <laughs> yeah. And the DA is like, you are not allowed to go talk to Lombardo, period. Uh, yeah. And so then immediately Duquette is like, Lori, I need you to go talk to this guy. Like, come on. Mm hmm. Uh, Denise Richards calls Matt Dillon again for the second time. Someone tells her to just take a volume and relax. Um, his Also, his shitty hotel room has a seashell lamp in it, which is kind of, I don't know. I didn't hate it. Um, yeah, so the Gloria shows up. This scene is so sexual. Um, like, like, intentionally, he gives her Kelly's file, which I like that he took his files with him when he left. Yeah. I, I, can is that you how do it that? works? <laughs> Those don't say it's a school. What is he going to do with them? Yeah, seriously, you take them to his new detectives? school. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's well, just like is the school starting from scratch? <laughs> um, so he gives her Kelly's file. Um, he's like, like she's in his hotel room, like sitting on the bed. It's like, like constant, like he's going in for a kiss. There is like, really might... like energy. Like these two might have sex here, and it's almost surprising that they don't. Yeah. Well, even even when he stands up at one point to get his like taxi, the angle suggests oral sex. Mm-hmm. Like, the way we're looking over his shoulder down at her, and she's like clearly eye level of his crotch. Um, well, I, I do like the moment where she's been watching from her car, like staking out, and then like she goes to look back, and suddenly he's like right there. Yeah. And she's like, "Hey, why don't you come inside? I want to show you something." Yeah. Like kind of menacing in the way that that Matt Dillon is kind of menacing. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, and he's revealing that like. Kelly Van Ryan had like a lot of issues about like her sexuality and like her jealousy of another student and Gloria's tormenting like, another girl. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you tell us about this before the trial? And he goes, because then I had principles. <laughs> uh, 
here's the thing about integrity if it's real then how come nobody has it mm-hmm. and he's just like literally like two inches from her face and then mm-hmm. he's like that like you hear like a, a horn honk outside and he's like oh i gotta go that's my taxi i just wonder though would sam lombardo have fucked her if like his taxi was like a half an hour away it's <laughs> a good question yeah i mean he does seem to be like a, a super fuck boy like plowing his way through all of blue bay so probably well i again i think she was was right it. yeah I think Trace Russell was right. You're a good lay. Enjoy it while it lasts. Like, mm-hmm. this is what he brings to the table. We find out later he's not the mastermind of any plan. Um, so, meanwhile, Kevin Bacon goes and wrestles with Denise Richards, and she's dead. Um, he took her like a, a, a shot in the arm, seemingly well, from her. It's the, the way it's shot again is very kind of open to guessing because he goes inside the pool house, and you don't go inside the pool house with him. Like, the camera stays outside, and you hear like, an argument and then like something breaks and then like a couple of gunshots and then another gunshot. And then he stumbles out like holding his arm just as Sandra mm-hmm. walks, runs up and is like, what's going on? She goes inside and screams because presumably she's seen her daughter shot dead. R.I.P. Yeah, Kelly. So, Ryan. so we get this whole, we like kind of this vibe. This is like his greatest shame. He's going to get kicked out of the cops, um, which my God, imagine a police officer facing consequences, which of course <laughs> would only happen with a white <laughs> this, girl in a rich family. This is how you know this is fiction. Yeah, but uh, so the cop who's like dressing him down at his like, I don't know, police court martial or whatever. Um, he has this quote, once it's happenstance, twice is coincidence and three times is enemy action, which always stuck with me because that's actually the framing device of Ian Fleming's Goldfinger novel. Nice. Yeah, that, that line's all stuck with me too. And, and just the way he's like, this is two for you. I don't intend there to be a third. Yeah. <laughs> You're shooting which is fine. My- that's, not, that's not the point. Like he disobeyed a direct order. My God, though, imagine if we didn't get to a third strike of some of these cops. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, yeah, it's like the first time you see this movie. Also, again, hour and a half into the movie, and you're like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Like, what is next? <laughs> well, because I, I think at this part of the movie, you might be thinking, okay, I guess this is how it goes down, where like Duquette gets like, screwed for like sticking his nose in too far and Lombardo is going to get away scot-free, but nope, the movie still has more to unwind. Or you're thinking like, okay, so Duquette's going to go like on a vendetta. Yeah, like yeah. He's off book. So speaking of Matt Dillon, he's like on a beach somewhere in the tropics. How uh, long reading. could you last on a beach in the tropics with five point whatever million that he has in his bank? A while. I mean, I don't think, not like until you die though, presumably, right? I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd be willing to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's like getting drinks with little umbrellas in them, like scoping out the ladies. What was he reading? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see. Okay, I, I wasn't sure if you were about to say what book he was reading. No, I couldn't see mm-hmm. it. Um, he's got. Oh, his he's reading the perfect sandals. storm. That's what he's reading. Interesting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, he's got his like dumb fucking sandals that he wears throughout the whole movie. Are these Birkenstocks? Um, uh, yeah, I can't see his feet. I don't know. I don't like these sandals. Um, wow. So my number two moment. Uh, he those gets back Chivas, to his bungalow. I think is what those are. He gets back to his bungalow. Someone's broken in using his shower. He opens the door. There's Kevin Bacon, and Kevin Bacon's like, "Howdy, partner!" And just and we see that, on display. You see that strip of bacon. Mm-hmm. So apparently, we find I, out like I said, plan. congratulations to Kira Cedric. Yeah, uh, not a bad cock. I mean, uh, that's in the shower, man. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, how would you compare this to like Orlando Bloom's? I mean that was also a very nice cock. Um, he was not in the shower; he was just on a on a surfboard thing. I mean, still shrinkage is a thing. Mm-hmm. He's still blooming. Um, yeah. So apparently, found out because because Kevin Bacon's been on a whole time. The plan was just to frame Kelly, but you know, he she shot Kevin Bacon. He says 
So he tied up loose ends. We find out later that, of course, he actually shot himself to, mm-hmm. to, to just, make it a good shooting. I love Lombardo's energy through all these scenes here. He just has this mildly threatening, too casual vibe. You know, yeah. he's just like, oh, you know, that wasn't really the plan. And, well, you know, I was going to we were going to split the money today, but the bank is, you know, says it's going to take three days. And he's just like, come on, man. Like, what's the big idea? You know, we're all done and then no loose ends. Like, it's just like Kevin Bacon's immediately suspicious, but it's like, what can he do? You know, he's you partnered up with this guy. Now you're stuck. He's got well, the, 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 the thing in the movie that no one ever takes him up on. Or he's just like the bank says it'll take two days here. Call them. Mm-hmm. No one ever says like, OK, I will call them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So he's gets them a beer. And they're gonna take the boat out, boat out, enjoy themselves. Um. So we're on the boat, and it's like you know something bad's gonna happen. Like Matt Dillon keeps like blatantly setting up Kevin Bacon to have it's an like, accident. Yeah. Hey, uh, why don't you go? Uh. You know, give a couple turns on that winch there. Yeah. And so finally, something happens where he gets like knocked over the side. Um. Uh, yeah. He he gets uh kevin bacon to like follow like a loose line that's like stuck over the side and then he like turns a boat hard to like make him flip over and he's like oh i forgot to tell you ray one hand for your boat one for yourself yeah so of course kevin bacon though he's like holding on to that rope the whole time he climbs back on there fucker yeah. and he's like shot off a harpoon gun by dun 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 nev campbell who's alive you you're dead no i'm not <laughs> nev She's campbell with like out. an obvious blonde wig yeah yeah but she's like so much fun in this version uh-huh. of Susie. Um, this is like all set up for her with, with her for killing Kelly, but also that boy Davy. Um, you really should so, have killed Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, we find you know like Matt Dillon and her. You know, it's like uh, just them on the boat because like Radio Cat's been like left in the water. It was shot with at least one, maybe two harpoons. He gets a second harpoon, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like she's made, you know, Matt Dillon a drink and like he's like kind of like doing that thing where he's like looking at the drink suspiciously and she's like, I'm not going to poison you. I don't even know how to sail this boat. Right. And he's like, oh, good point here. Go do these things with sailing. And you find out that she's actually quite proficient. Oh, so meanwhile, we're we're like intercutting here back to Gloria, who's like gone on her off day to go back to like Ruby and Walter's like weird like crock shack or whatever. And we're like finding out a little backstory about ray here like she comes to ask about ray and like kind of like what was his deal and it's like oh there was like he was obsessed with this like uh prostitute and this kid davy was like in love with her too and there was like a big fight and like davy ended up dead and uh susie told her witnessed it and so ray like had her sent to jail for it like you know on some like fake drug charge mm-hmm. so of course the drink is poisoned matt dylan is killed by susie uh dumped in the water we get a great shot later where we just like definitely see his dead body just floating, like floating, in the water. floating slowly going under. I like the way Susie, she's very much kind of like playing up to him, like crouching, you know, between his knees and like, oh, you know, everything's fine. Just drink this. Like, I don't know. It's And, and she's so much more bubbly here than uh, she was earlier. Okay. So does your cut that you watch, does mm-hmm. it have the reveal about Susie with Gloria and Ruby? Um, About like her parentage? Yeah. No, that's not in the original cut, which I think is a good cut. Um, so <laughs> I guess this was going to be my my IMDb trivia thing. We find out that uh, Susie was like secretly the daughter of like the Van Ryan grandfather. He, she would have been Sandra Van Ryan's sister. 
Yeah. But like half sister. And yeah. like the, the grandfather, like, I don't know, ostracized the mother who then killed herself or something like that. And so this is all the, the reason for all this revenge is to get that money from the Van Ryan family. Mm. So Kelly is Susie's niece, mm-hmm. which I don't think you uh, need in the movie. It works just fine without it. It works. To, I mean, I, obviously I didn't know into 2021 that this was even a, mm-hmm. a thing that they shot, but yeah, I was like, I was like sitting there the other night, like, did I somehow forget the totally games of Thrones esque incest in this movie? <laughs> I do like the just like the little details, like when Gloria's visiting uh, Ruby there, and she notices Walter has like a new, like this brand new, like nice pickup truck that he's mm-hmm. like you know hitching a boat up to, and um, it's uh, he's like, oh yeah, this is Susie's, like she's a great sailor, like they had you know her mom had her IQ tested once, she's like off the charts or something like that, two hundred or some yeah. such shit, yeah. Um, so again, we get that that glimpse of Matt Dillon's definitely dead, and we see Susie's just like sailing, sailing away on her what is now her boat. Um, and then my number one moment is just just the concept of all of these post post credit flashbacks. Oh, there's one I haven't seen here in the un uh, the unrated cut there between Kelly and uh, Matt Damon. Okay, interesting. Yeah, or so she's like giving him like a blow of coke. Yeah, the, the, she shows up at that at some bar where he is and offers him some coke. Then um, we see him in the. I think there's like a. I think we see them like fucking too. Yeah, we see them well, so fucking afterwards. This is my this is my number seven. Like the mid credits reveals like the way it like it's like here's all the pieces of the puzzle you didn't get that's going to explain motivations and like who was in on what con and like you know Kelly Van Ryan clearly knew the the least of what was going on. And then, um, you know, Duquette and um, Sam Lombardo thought they knew a little bit more about the con, but like they were both all being manipulated the whole time by Susie. It's mm-hmm. just brilliant. Which is brilliant because she seems like the character who fits the least, mm-hmm. you know, like like by design. Um, and like, I don't think, I don't think you even need these scenes, but they don't, they don't hurt the movie. They're, I think they're, they're kind of fun. I don't know. I, I feel like I mean, they're I, essential. Rewatching the movie, and granted, I had the hindsight of having seen this movie like 300 times. I definitely knew all this already, but it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of spelled out. And this is just kind of spelling it out even more. But yeah, so at one point, Susie goes to see Matt Dillon, the guidance counselor office in this flashback. And she's got an envelope full of pictures of him and Denise Richards from like their sex weekend when she got busted and called him for help. So do we think that she put Kelly up to seducing Sam? Was that it's all part of one big long con? It's a good question. Because her and Kelly certainly had a complicated relationship. They, yeah. they hated each other or were jealous of each other's, you know, for getting Sam's affections. But they did also seem to uh, have their own thing going on, too. Well, she teases him in that bit about she's like, I don't know what's more interesting, the straw up Kelly's nose or the dildo in her ass. It's oh, like, so that's okay. a different cut in the uh, in the original cut. It says, I don't know which came out better, the straw up her nose or the dog collar around your neck. Oh yeah, no, it's a dildo in her in her ass. Um, so then we see uh, Susie and Matt Dillon on a stakeout where they're watching uh, Kevin Bacon leaving the brothel. We see basically this the whole thing of like getting Duquette was like Susie's idea. So she sends Matt Dillon off to talk to Kevin Bacon. Well, it's like um, Kevin Bacon thinks that he is in a con with uh, Lombardo to like get some money, you know, yeah. out of these two girls in the Van Ryan estate. But really, uh, Lombardo thinks he's in a con with Susie. To like mm. get some money, you know, and frame to well, like two like two layers of yeah. cons at least. Um, yeah. So then we get um, the next one is like Matt Dillon, like fucking Denise Richards again. Like this is the after the soaking wet 
uh, car wash. And so he, he has to stop before he shoots and he's like, all right, repeat the line back to me. And she's just like, no little girl's going to make me come. Okay. So that's definitely not necessary. That's, that's an extra yeah. thing that, that yeah. must be like just for some extra nudity for like to sell the unrated there, cut or something. There's not really any nudity there that I recall. Mm. Uh, so then we see the, the night of Susie's so-called death. Or Matt Dillon's incapable of pulling out her Nev Campbell's teeth, so she has to do it herself. Oh man, the, the noise that it makes! She's like, "Fine, I'll do it." She like takes a swig of uh, the champagne, and then you just hear this like crunch. Oof! Yeah, that's yeah. that's tough. Yeah. Then we get the death of Denise Richards, where Duquette like he just shoots her. Yeah, he just shoots her, and then he like he's already taken like a gun out of the family's like gun cabinet. You know, puts it in her hand and like has her like shoot him in the shoulder with it after, after she's, she's dead, dead. Yeah. And then the end, the the greatest of them, <laughs> Bill, not a not a flashback. Yeah. Bill Murray's showing up, not a flashback anymore. Uh, Susie's got like the uh, like scarf over her head, so we can't tell who it is with the sunglasses on. And he's just like, Miss Toller, did you enjoy being a guest of the state? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, this is like uh, her ending is like the start of like Lisbeth Sounder in that second yes, Lisbeth Sounder book. Totally, um, it's like, but yeah, cash is just some walking around money. Here's a check with the rest of it. Yeah, she's got like a bunch of money, like set aside like a, a million set aside for Ruby and Walter. Minus my usual like fee. Yeah. And then as she as she gets up to leave, I love this detail. Like he finishes her drink. Yes. And then he says, Susie, be good. Classic. Classic last line there. <laughs> uh, what a masterpiece. I mean, they made many Wild Things sequels that were just trash, but like mm-hmm. an actual Wild Things too with Susie Toller in it, I'd be very interested. I'm shocked that they that they didn't i think they, they did like a know. wild things for like foursome or something like yeah. that which is like the only i like i did like a quick like read through of the plot synopses of the next three movies and they're all i have seen i want to say two and three like okay because they, they started cranking out for wild things and cruel intentions they started making sequels uh the, the starship troopers the third cruel intentions do not watch that that is oh, trash no. the second That's one really is gross. a lot of fun yeah the second one's fun the third one's awful um, the second well the second one though i think is more pure because um well, roger Campbell's involved yeah. it was a pilot for manchester prep the tv show version amy adams is uh, in it yeah it's the great ending like an mm-hmm. incredible ending yeah it's really amy adams before she was amy adams mm-hmm. it's kind of wild amy adams even before uh catch me if you can but uh yeah the third one with care smith is dark and not cool. yeah it's it's just gross and it's it's kind of along the lines of what you think this movie's about mm-hmm. um with all the twists yeah, that, that's wild uh, things. I love this movie. I, I I really wonder if people are like just watching this now, like what they think of it, or do they love it as much as we do, or are they like, what is wrong with you people? Uh, we do these movies sometimes, mm-hmm. like you know, like like Cruel Intentions and what have you. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I had a hard time with Make One Change. I yeah, me too. I mean, I feel like this movie is pretty tight. The only one I could come up with was. I don't know what it would be, but if you could have one more scene with Susie before the scene between her and Duquette and when she's like kind of giving her statement, because she kind of disappears yeah. for like a half hour in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has her one thing at the beginning and then she's even not even in it for a while after that. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I think, I think like you said, I didn't really like her nervous twitchy energy, but it definitely reminds you that Nev Campbell's in the movie when you don't see her. Mm-hmm. I like her hair. Or like yeah. uh, when she's got like the the red streaks and whatnot. Yeah, it's that's actually a better look than the blonde wig. Yeah, 
I, I don't think it's, I think we're supposed to think that she's dyed her hair blonde, but clearly she is not. That's a wig. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so, oh, oh sorry, good. Well, okay. So runner up to best worst IMDb trivia, mm-hmm. the original casting of this movie. Oh, go for it. Robert Downey Jr. Sam Lombardo. That I, wow. <laughs> that does not work for me. No, it doesn't. He's too twitchy. He, I think he he brings the wrong kind of energy to a Sam Lombardo. And well, Matt Dillon again, is born to play Sam Lombardo. Sam Lombardo, like he plays it very calmly. Robert Downey Jr., I feel like improvisation is just a thing he needs to do. And that's why any movie where he has to do a British accent is always going to be bad because mm-hmm. he's, he can't be himself. He can't, he can't Tony Stark his way through it. But this was during that point where he's the narrative of his career is that he was a drug addict and a huge ham and like they couldn't get the insurance liability mm-hmm. to work with him and i mean the movie would have been worse with him in it but yeah so what's what's your best worst um well we already mentioned the uh the cut scene where it reveals that uh susie toller is actually a van ryan um i did not know that until i read this like last night and i was, I was just shocked like, watching oh that's awful it's like totally unneeded. It's almost like a like a like a late in the season true detective plot point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just I I don't think you need it. Um, I I did also like just the the trivia bits about finding the body, um, just then get, getting the shot just by like towing it out of the way and like tying it down. It says yeah. they anchored it to the dock out of sight. Well, they, they're waiting for the cops to show up, but they needed to shoot their movies. Mm-hmm. So they just went and shot it. Um, for me, it's, and this was like definitely a part of like the, the narrative of the, the interviews, like uh, selling the movie, but the bevy of negotiations with Denise Richards' agents and lawyers to negotiate how much nudity she'd actually do. And at one point, it was like they had agreed on one nipple, and then they went to like two nipples, and they went back to one nipple. There was like body double clauses. And then ultimately, she, Matt Dillon, and Nev Campbell just killed a pitcher of margaritas <laughs> and filmed the threesome scene. <laughs> well, I, I didn't realize that this was her only nude scene. For some reason, I would have assumed that there were more, but I guess this was the only one she did. Because I mean, she doesn't, yeah. she's not nude in Starship Trooper. She's like the only actor who's not in that shower scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's in a whole other like storyline. Mm-hmm. We sh- have we never done that movie? I'm not sure if we've done Starship Troopers. I mean. Feels, feels like, like we should have. Feels like we should have. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a great movie. <laughs> I'm always amazed by people who like didn't realize that that movie was satire. Yeah, I mean, if you don't get it, it's definitely. I feel like uh, I, I got it when I was 17. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't know what satire was at the time, mm-hmm. and I got that the movie was doing yeah. something. <laughs> like, it's if you don't know by the point of the commercial where the soldiers are handing the kids their giant ass guns. <laughs> And they're like stomping on the bugs. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that, I, I feel like that was, was that the same year as this though? Like that was a great. That was 97, I believe. So it was okay. like, but like late 97, probably. So probably within six months, this movie. But there's, there's, I don't know. There's some people like me who are just like, man, the late nineties, we had some real gems. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how that lines up with uh, the time we came of age, but yeah, it just so happened. Yeah. A bunch of great movies. In. I feel like it explains who we are mm-hmm. well 99 right? is like a like an all-time year for movies like that's like a yeah. fantastic year for movies but yeah i think if if you're like listening to years of these podcasts and you're like oh these guys grew up with starship troopers wild things and cruel <laughs> intentions yeah that that tracks that yeah. checks 
All right. So, so our, our new ranking system, we have, we have three movies that we picked out and we're going to try to figure out whether or not wild things is better or worse than these three movies. We're going to, we're just going to continue to use these three movies for, for all the movies we do in the future. Cause I, and, I think it's a good sampling of, of movie quality. And I don't think we need to explain why we chose these movies. That's I right. think it's, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. So the first one, is this movie better than I am number four? I say yes. Yes. yes okay. Is this movie better than Jack Reacher? I think so. Yeah. I say yes too. All right. Is this movie better than Jurassic Park? <laughs> this is tough. I want to say yes, but I feel like I'm, I'm being honest with myself. It's probably no. Yeah, I, I wrote maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's where the quality is, I think. Maybe yeah. not quite as good as Jurassic Park. We're somewhere between a Jack Reacher and a Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would contend is not as wide as you might think of a gap, yeah. yeah fair, fair. Okay. All right. Well, that was Wild Things. What are we doing next? I think we're going to start doing these bi-weekly. Yeah. Or bi-monthly, whatever. Uh, because we'll also be releasing PLL, mm-hmm. you know, on the off weeks. So I think we had talked about doing To All the Boys 2. Oh, that's right. Because the third one's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So, I mean, do we really want that to be our whole February? I mean, we can change it. So the other options we have are... um Mean Girls, Can't Hardly Wait, Clueless, and To All the Boys sequels. To me, those don't feel like February movies, though. No? Okay. So what's there the was, other one called? P.S. I Love You? The To All the Boys sequel? I'm trying to remember. What's the third one? It's then? P.S. I Love You, and then, I don't know, P.P.S. Always and Forever? Yeah. Okay. And maybe it's P.S. I Love You. Mm-hmm. Which it's, it's admittedly not, not great. Yeah, I've not seen it, but I guess we can do that next. Okay. And then we'll in March, we'll do our, uh, well, whatever people want to do. Mm-hmm. Our, our winners, yeah. And then we may, no promises, we may actually commit to doing Marvel in April. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we talked about doing them in a run of the phases. So we take so, a break, yeah. Yeah, but it'd be like, a lot of Marvel because mm-hmm. what is it? What is the longest one? Is the longest one Phase Three? Phase Three has a lot in it. Phase Two is fairly short, right? Let me let me just take a quick look because I have them all here. So Phase Two ends with Ant Man, right? If I'm not mistaken, something like that. Something like that. So let's see. So after Ant Man, we have Captain America: Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians Two, Spider Man: Homecoming, Thor: Ragnarok. So that's five. Then Black Panther: Infinity War. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Far From Home. So that's like um, 11 movies there. Yikes. Fun. Yikes. Fun times. That's a lot of movies. And, well, I guess Phase 4 would probably be begun by the time we got through all that. <gasps> we can cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, and I think we talked about we would redo the ones that we've done just to have them in context. Yeah, and it's been a long time, you know. Yeah. I'm doing them yeah. in a different format and whatnot. So, you know. New opinions about Joss Whedon. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be curious to go listen to my old pods on that and see if I really changed much opinion there. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, we'll be back with P- To All the Boys, Colin P.S. I Love You, or whatever it's titled. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, get in that contest. Email us or text us or DM us uh, during the podcast. We got a DM from Savannah. Thank you for that. You're on the list. Mm-hmm. While we're recording, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Until next All right, time. Cool. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.